Clarice Baldos was born and raised in South Seattle. We discuss how her passion for dance took her on a journey that ultimately led her into becoming a hairdresser. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? I go by the name of Domo. And I go by the name of Yoshiko. We sit with entrepreneurs and artists across disciplines to share their stories, insight, and gems. Their journey will inspire you to think about community and your own narrative, how it shapes who you are and what your legacy will be. You're listening to No Blueprint. No Blueprint. No Blueprint. No Blueprint. You are listening to No Blueprint. My name is Clarice Baldos. Mm-hmm. I'm from Seattle, <laughs> born and raised. I'm a hairstylist in West Seattle at a salon called Beehive Salon. Hey. Yeah. What hospital? Uh, you... Group Health, I think. Really? I think so, yeah. I was going to say, happy to be Swedish, but I guess. Uh, No, it's not surprisingly, but all like my aunts and my mom work at Swedish, so I'm surprised that it wasn't there either. Right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was at Group Health. Okay. I'm like almost positive. Got it, yeah. got it. That's awesome. The first question that we like to ask folks is if you had a documentary <laughs> or an autobiography named after you and your life, what would it be called? Yeah, I was thinking about this all day yesterday and while I was driving here. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Tiny but mighty or something like that. I like it. Representing yeah. for the short folks. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like short people but big personalities right. and big dreams. Talk to us about um, what neighborhood you grew up in. Uh, I was born and raised in Columbia City. That's where my mom's house is and still is. And then uh, my parents are divorced, so then my dad had a house in Hillman City. Okay. So I definitely grew up in the South End. So they divorced but still stayed like blocks yeah. away. Yeah, I don't know. Swag. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but I like to think it is because... Yeah. They just wanted it to be easy for us. Shout out to I them. I assume, yeah. Shout out to them. That's yeah, dope. it was literally like three blocks, one direction. And they chose a school that was like right in the middle. I went to St. Edward's okay. Catholic School, which is on Orcus and Rainier. And so if you headed like a few blocks down towards Seward Park, yeah. that was my dad's towards my dad's house and then if you walk towards MLK a few blocks that was like my mom's oh, house. Oh crazy. So both my grandmas would pick me up Yeah. like on either weekend and it would just like walk two blocks up this way That's and walk dope. two blocks down that way. Yeah. So our studio space is actually on Rainier and Orcus, the corner of Rainier and Orcus. We're at the collaboratory? Right or? above the collaboratory. Oh that's tight. Yeah. Okay I didn't know that. How did your parents get to Seattle? Um, my grandpa on my dad's side came here first and I believe my mom or no my dad and my oldest aunt they came with him Uh and then my dad went back met my mom got married moved back here Uh petitioned her and then she moved and then she also petitioned my grandma too on her mom's mom okay when did your grandfather your paternal grandfather come to Seattle do you remember you know the year I Ish. don't know. Probably sometime in the 70s, I think. Yeah, okay. mid to late 70s. Because I'm pretty sure my mom officially moved here in like 87, 88. Because I was born here. Okay. Um, and from in, where? From Santa Mesa in the Philippines in Manila. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Do you have siblings? Yes, I just have one older brother. Okay. Who's five years older than me. So you're the baby. Yes. Okay. I am the baby. And you're the only girl. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Nice. It's a double-edged sword. 
It what? really is. Say more about that. Um, my brother always used to say that I got everything. Mm -hmm. Like everything. Because I was the baby and I was the girl. Mm -hmm. But in my opinion, he got to do a lot more stuff than I used to do. Because he was the oldest and he was the boy. Mm -hmm. You know, the rules were different. So, That's yeah. Real. That's for That's yeah. Funny. Perceptions, everything. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So you went to private school all through. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Surprisingly. Is that a, is that a K through twelve? No, no, no. So it's a K through eight, and then I went to Seattle Prep. Okay. For high school. What was that like? Uh, it was great. Like the first two years, I think, were really, really hard for me, because mm -hmm. um, going to St. Edwards, which was in the heart of the South End, so. There was maybe one white kid, yeah. like in middle school. Wow. I still remember. He's just like the one. I know who he is. Yeah. Um, we're still friends now. Yeah. No, we're not. <laughs> we're not. But um, so I grew up, yeah, with like predominantly like black kids around me, mm. Asian kids around me, Hispanic kids around me. And then you go to Seattle Prep and it's like 95% white yeah. and it was such an odd adjustment for me because I had never felt like a minority until that point right so the first two years I had a really hard time adjusting mm -hmm. and I kind of like rebelled academically like I skipped school a lot I just always remember begging my mom to go to Franklin because uh, like wanted... everybody in your neighborhood went to yeah, Franklin yeah I mean and granted like one of my best friends to this day he went to uh a Seattle prep as well mm -hmm. but he had like this older group of guy friends that also went to also went to St. Edward's also went to Seattle prep like mm -hmm. I didn't have that kind of connection right so I just felt like I was kind of floating around for a while and mm -hmm. then it wasn't until like sophomore year where I found the dance team there okay. and I got recruited on that nice. that I kind of felt at home and even then I didn't really feel at home okay. it wasn't it wasn't until junior year I think that I finally was like, oh, I actually like this place. Like, it's tight. Okay. And then by the time I graduated, I really enjoyed it a okay. lot. Yeah. And then what type of dancing? Hip hop. Nice. Of course. All right. You even have to ask. I mean, me. I just, I, because people don't know. Yeah, that's true. All right. It's great. <laughs> um, that's awesome. What? So, yeah. what was what was the hip hop team like? What were y'all dancing to? Um, <laughs> uh. There was, uh, let's see, how many of us? There isn't that many of us. Yeah. I think it must have been maybe like 12. Yeah. Uh, predominantly girls, predominantly girls of color. Mm -hmm. And I think at the time when I was on the team, one black dude mm -hmm. and he was a captain. And we were dancing to stuff like Chris Brown. Okay. And like Carrie Hilson and just kind of 2000 like those, T -Pain. Those, those early 2000 yeah, hits yeah those mid 2000 <laughs> early 2000 yeah that's what we were dancing to does nice. the do you perform at games what does the dance team do um at the so at the time it changed a lot i actually mm. used to work with them as an assistant coach until about last year but so it's changed a lot but back then we were only performing at like assemblies yeah. we got like a very small part in a play that was like made by the drama teacher and that's about it we only really performed at assemblies and they were short they were okay. maybe like a couple minutes long but it's changed over over time by the time that i was a senior were you always into 
hair? No. No, yeah. I mean, I, I guess you could say I was in the sense that during that time of dancing, I was following a lot of dancers that had like cool, edgy haircuts. And I was like, oh, I, I want to do that. Uh, and I want to try that. Or they would have like pieces of their hair like colored. And I was like, oh, that sound, that looks so tight. Yeah. Like, I want to do that. But I never really had that. How did that, how of, did, so how did you get into hair? Purely coincidental. Tell me the story. Tell so, us the story. Okay. I went to Evergreen State College in Olympia for a quarter, and my whole plan was, and the whole reason why I chose that school is one, they don't have grades. Mm -hmm. It's like pass fail, and you can make up your own major. So I was like, oh, this will be perfect for me because all I want to do is dance and learn about dance and kind of be in that environment. Mm -hmm. And so they had a program there called Dance at the Body, which was anatomy, dance, and dance history. Mm -hmm. Totally up my alley. But I ended up not enjoying it as much as I thought it would. Like socially, it was not not anything that I thought it was going to be. Mm -hmm. um, I ended up feeling like people were more closed off mm. and not op as open-minded as I thought it would be for a school that kind of was known as the hippie school. Right. I was about to say, I was yeah. like, Evergreen is hella yeah, hippie. Yeah, hella granola, hella hippie. <laughs> yeah. It's all love. Um, that's what I thought. Yeah. But then I also, yeah, I realized that me growing up kind of straight edge, going to Catholic schools, like that was the side that wasn't very appreciated there. So I couldn't oh. really find a lane, so to speak. And I just also thought it was so weird that I feel like a lot, it was a school that a lot of rich kids went to to rebel against their parents. Oh. You know what I mean? Like when I would go to school, I lived in a mod, which was kind of like a house like a rambler style house mm -hmm. kind of on campus but further away mm -hmm. and so you could have your own car or whatever park there and i would see kids like pull up in like beamers but wearing like cargo pants and like dreadlocks and like very rastafarried <laughs> out and i got so confused yeah. i had no idea so that on top of feeling like i was being isolated by people yeah it just was not what i wanted and mm. i f and then on and then i felt like i was still very tied to the community here dance wise mm -hmm. that i was going to like coming back to battles and like coming to uw and like their whole sweet 16 that they would do there were certain classes that i wanted to take from master choreographers that were always here mm -hmm. so i found myself coming back a lot mm -hmm. almost every single weekend and finally my mom just kind of like proposition mean was like, you don't seem happy there. Mm -hmm. um, and so why are you still going there? Do you think you could do what you're doing there on your own here? And so I was like, oh, I guess I could. I could take dance classes on my own. I could go to the library on my own and just rent out books about different famous like choreographers and ballerinas and things like that. Mm -hmm. So that's when I decided to drop out. Mm -hmm. And then on the way home, after dropping out, it was around the holidays, and one of my roommates was from San Francisco and headed home. And I took her to the airport, but before I took her to the airport, she asked me to take her to a salon because mm -hmm. she just needed a haircut. And then I actually got a haircut with her, alongside her, and I was very specific about what I wanted it to look. I had no idea 
anything about layers yeah. or texture or anything. And I was like, I just want my hair to look exactly like this. Uh -huh. And I was just kind of an asshole about it. Yeah. And taking her to the airport, she was like, you might as well just learn how to cut your own hair. <laughs> and that's what it was? And that's what it was. <laughs> and she said that and my first reaction was, what, like you can go to school for that? Yeah. I didn't know, I thought you just, I don't know, do that. Yeah. I just think, I just thought you always would just get hired to do hair or something. She was like, no, you should just learn how to do it. And she did point out that within that three month frame of like me being together with her at the school or whatever, I had colored my hair like three different times. <laughs> And I didn't even realize it. Yeah. And so just kind of got gears working in my mind. And my my best friend, her cousin was in beauty school. Yeah. And so I talked to her cousin, took a tour at Jean Juarez where I ended up going to school. And it just kind of made sense. Yeah. And it just clicked. Like I felt like the people there, the, with the way that they look, their style, everything, it just made sense to me. Nice. How soon after Leaving Evergreen, did you start at Jean Juarez? Uh, let's see, I dropped out November, December, uh -huh. took a tour in December, but I waited until March okay. to actually enroll. Cause I didn't want to like be that impulsive. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure, I was like, do I really want to do this? Or was this just something nice that she said that I was like, Hmm, um, let me think about it. What was that like to go to Jean Juarez? It was great. It was just a weird experience for yeah. me. I don't know. Again, I still felt very like not in my own skin. Mm -hmm. I felt more comfortable there than I did at Evergreen for sure. But mm -hmm. it was just like such a hodgepodge of people, like different ages, doing different things, different intentions with hair and stuff like that, that it was interesting. Mm -hmm. It was still fun. It was like probably the most creative I've ever been. Yeah. How long uh, did you go there for? I think it was a little over a year. Okay. You can finish if you don't get sick ever, if you don't miss <laughs> any days um, and you're not messing around, you could probably graduate in like nine months. Yeah. And then it's up to, I think they give you up to a year in a half and then if you're for some reason still in beauty school you have to pay okay more money speak to us about like what that is because i think that um probably only folks that have been to beauty school mm -hmm. will be able to like speak to what that curriculum is right right but like what are you what exactly are, what you, are you doing learning? yeah so the first three months the program or how gene Rez does it is it's design so you learn about your hair the hair structure so like all the molecules and all the layers and stuff like that diseases and stuff like that and then that's probably your first maybe month and you test out on that mm -hmm. that's like regular kind of very anatomy based mm -hmm. and then you start learning haircuts and like the angles of haircuts uh different haircuts for different shape faces um mm. And then you have a mannequin and you start doing Hair those do haircuts okay. on a mannequin. And it's just a very simple structured thing. And then you get tested out on each haircut. Mm -hmm. And then by the end of that three months, you bring in a live model of your choice mm -hmm. and you do a haircut of your choice. Yeah. And they just watch you and grade you on that. And then you either pass or you don't. 
and then you move on to color so you learn all about color theory and placement of foils and how to apply color and chemicals like relaxers perms and what it does to like break down the hair and rebuild the hair mm -hmm. and then you again work on mannequins and like use like this little jelly consistency on mm -hmm. how to actually place color and stuff yeah and then you get tested out on that i don't think you bring an actual model for that though who was your first live model uh, my first live mom, I had two, because you had to do two. It was my mom and one of my friends. What? Your mom yeah. came through for you? Yeah, but she hated it. But oh, didn't no. tell me. She hated the haircut. <laughs> yeah, she absolutely hated it. I, I did her hair that afternoon, and when my instructor asked her, like, oh, how does it look, or whatever, she was like, oh, it feels great, looks great. And I, for some reason, didn't see her until the next day. I think I got out of class later, and was like out kicking it. And so I came or I saw her the next day and her haircut was like significantly shorter, <laughs> like significantly shorter. And I was like, what happened to your hair? She, oh, I had to get it recut. Why? I did not like the haircut that you gave me. At least she why was didn't, Yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, well, why didn't you say that? She was like, well, I didn't want to get you in trouble. That's such an so, amazing mom. Yeah, That's so yeah. Still to this day, I don't, don't cut her. She hair. doesn't let you cut her. No, no. I'll, I'll at most color her roots, but I won't actually cut her hair. No, never. I've tried like maybe two or three times after that yeah. when I was already on off the floor already working yeah and I think we just have different perceptions of what like good hair is <laughs> the way that I want her hair to look like is not the way that she wants her hair to look like and okay. vice versa for me you know this is probably the first time she's liked my hair in ever um, yeah my hair now has probably been the first time she's actually liked my hair that is so yeah. that's hilarious yeah. i would know oh my never. god <laughs> so. i mean that makes sense i mean you know people go to different stylists because they they specialize in certain things well yeah right. and i think for her you know she just is nitpicky because she knows she can be right like with her other stylist that she's been going to i'm sure she's like oh i just don't want to say anything i don't want to offend her yeah. but she doesn't care with me so she'll tell me like this piece is too long please cut it i'm telling you, know? you because so i want you to be better difficult client yes by far by you're like, far no i can't i can't do it with you today yes yeah shout out to Mo. Yeah. but speaking of like different types of hair mm -hmm. like obviously like black hair is different than asian hair which yes. would be different than white hair like Very. how do you learn or do you learn that in school or is that something that you do and you don't you learn they don't they don't point it out by race they'll okay. do it by texture so right. they'll say like fine hair medium hair coarse hair right. like i don't know what the technical term is but like kind of kinkier just yeah. very coarse hair. Right. So you learn why it's so different and how to take care of it, but they don't say like, oh, black hair versus Asian right. hair versus white hair is different. Um, okay. But you learn that pretty quickly right. on. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, even when you're on the floor in beauty school, you learn it like, pretty oh, quick. If you get, okay. yeah, if you get like a black girl one and like a blah, flat iron, yeah. That's a whole different ball game than right. a white girl asking for, oh, I just want to blow out right. in a flat iron or something. It's completely different things. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
So I have a question. Yeah. Do you um now that you're out of school, do you still go to certain trainings or workshops to kind of keep up with certain trends? Yeah, and, okay. yeah for sure. Uh, yeah, uh, the salon that I work at is an Aveda lifestyle salon. So we're, we only use like Aveda products, Aveda shampoos, Aveda color. So they have like a yearly calendar that you can um, hone your skills on. And then you can just choose to take other classes. Like a another... yearly calendar with like a bunch of different classes. Yeah, yeah, oh, shit. yeah. Like different color classes, haircutting classes, styling classes. Like just last year, I took um, a men's cutting class. Yeah, um, and that was like a two-day thing. And like this coming month, I think, or within the next few months, like I'm taking a different class from a different educator. Yeah. Um, about like balayaging and light lightening and highlighting and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah, you you should. Yeah. And yeah. I, I try to as much as I can. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like hair and a lot of beauty, it's such a luxury um it's such it's such a luxury for both like folks who identify as men and women. Like yeah. I get my hair cut sometimes once a month, sometimes mm-hmm. twice a month, mm-hmm. like sometimes I'll wait. Um, and I know, I don't know, Yoshi. I come in here once you, a year. I was going to say, are you, are you, are you, are you I cut it really short and I just let it grow. Right. And then I cut it. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say. No judgment. Was, and so like what, so speak about that, like for specifically for, for folks who identify as women, mm-hmm. how is it different for different women is it yes okay for sure i it really just it depends on so many different things depends on if you color your hair what kind of color do you do in your hair like if you're just doing a solid one color you know depending on how fast your hair grows you probably Mm want to come in once a month or at least once every couple months okay um to get your roots touched up if you're doing like highlights in your hair that's a little bit longer because the grow out's a little bit more seamless because you're picking and weaving the color in as opposed to like solidly covering it Mm -hmm. um with haircuts if you have a shorter haircut you're probably coming in sooner um if you have longer hair then you're probably waiting a little bit Mm -hmm. you know and and it also just depends on what the person is comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're okay with your hair getting longer and you don't really mind, then I don't see the problem in you not coming for a year. Mm-hmm. Like, if if you know what your hair is going to do and if you're taking care of it, like, I'm not the kind of stylist that says you need to come in every single month for a trim i'm not that person like i want to make you feel as comfortable in your own skin as possible and if it is waiting a year and you like seeing that transformation of going super short to super long and you want to come and cut your hair once a year then come in once a year and cut your hair off i don't care for sure you know like it doesn't matter to me okay so it really depends on like lifestyle the kind of cut the kind of color how much you're willing to take of like i don't feel comfortable with my hair anymore right you know what would you say is the number one thing that people don't know when it comes to hair like about their hair or the number one or the number one mistake washing your hair every day that is a huge a huge one okay you shouldn't wash your hair every day because there are natural oils that secrete from your scalp. So sebum, 
And so when you're washing away that natural oil, you're actually telling your scalp to produce more because it's, it thinks it's dry. So that's why. So the more and more you're, you're essentially telling your scalp that it feels dry by exfoliating all the oil out every single day. So you end up just overproducing. Mm. So I always tell people like it'll get worse before it gets better if you stop. Uh, shampooing every single day mm -hmm. you can rinse your hair out and conditioner condition the ends but just don't shampoo because it has those exfoliants in it to cleanse your scalp every single day okay yeah and i'm asking for a friend uh dandruff yes how does how does how does, how does one get rid of dandruff um you know, I'm not an expert on it. I think there is like a clinical side to it that I don't know much about. Damn, dandruff can be clinical? Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah, it could be different. It okay. could just be like your scalp is different. Yeah. Like the the pores in your scalp may be different than uh -huh. like most people. Interesting. But I think it's just... Also, I think it, you might want to try like maybe massaging, like getting the blood flow on your scalp a little bit okay. better, I would assume. <clears throat> um, and maybe brushing your hair a little bit more frequently to actually, because mm. I think dandruff is just like clogged pore let's, that gets like lifted off, if that makes Got sense. So I think if you're getting rid of that oil that yeah. clogs up your your pore before it even has a chance to like dry out, yeah, then maybe I I don't know. Okay, I don't know too much. I'll tell my friend. I'll, yes, I'll let him know. yeah. Um, um, there's also shampoos too to like really cleanse your your pores. And shoulders. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> head and shoulders is great. Not like I was gonna say. Speaking of shampoos, yeah, head and shoulders or like anything that has like tea tree in it. That's like very kind of antibacterial and kind of cleansing. That might be good yeah. for like the first few times and then just kind of massaging your scalp a little bit more. Maybe put some coconut oil on that and okay. just kind of get a nice little head rub. Got it. I will spread all of this. Speaking of shampoos, yeah. um, are there any particular shampoos that you would recommend or not recommend? I would folks? not recommend Pantene Pro-V. Oh. Um, in my personal experience, don't come at me, Pantene. Um, they, they didn't sponsor. Yeah, they have, or they're known for like very shiny, shiny hair, right? Mm. Um, like in their commercials and yeah. stuff, like you just see this kind of glossy, kind of almost fake like yeah. hair on, on their, in the commercials and stuff. And you, they have like fillers in there. Mm -hmm. In the shampoo, in the shampoo or in the conditioner, that leaves like this weird coating. I've I've experienced um, where it feels too clean. If that makes sense, like it's a squeaky clean feeling. Like when you shampoo your hair, it should feel rough, just a little bit. It should feel kind of like mine when I shampoo my hair. Like sometimes it gets knotted at the ends because it's like roughed up from the exfoliating process of the shampoo pantene doesn't do that the couple of questions that i have mm -hmm. are related to like folks that are thinking about getting into um hair and beauty sure. like what would you what advice would you give yourself 10 years ago 
when you like jumped into this? Um, I would probably tell myself to put myself out there more, I think. Um, I early on and in inside and outside of like beauty and hair, I have a tendency to be very introverted. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that hindered me a lot at the beginning. Like I, there were opportunities that I got to do different things, um, that I got nervous to or too shy to do. So I just say, put yourself out there more, mm-hmm. um, because it doesn't hurt anybody to, you know, do like I had an opportunity once to um do hair and makeup for like an indie movie that was like shooting here mm-hmm. like I had seen it on Craigslist I had heard about somebody that was doing it and I was like oh that sounds cool like that's definitely a lane that I thought about going into mm-hmm. um and I don't know something just stopped me I just got really nervous and kind of thoughts anxiety going on in my head of and self-doubt that I was like oh no I'm not ready I'm not qualified enough Mm -hmm. to do it so I think just have confidence and like take classes and stay up to date with everything and you can at like two years in or three years in really be out here killing the game like I see it all the time all the time on Instagram Mm -hmm. is some of these girls that have like thousands and thousands of followers only have maybe two three years experience of like working Mm -hmm. um and they do it because they grind hard you know they they work really hard at um, putting their name on there, being consistent, going to classes, paying the money, yeah. flying out to different places to meet people and network. And that was something that I was so scared of doing mm-hmm. back then that I would tell myself to do it now. Nice. You know? Nice. Yeah. Buying your condo. Yeah. Right? And what an experience that was off of being able to buy a place to live that yeah. was your own yeah. off of the hard work that you did yeah. doing something that you love. Yeah, like, thank you for asking yeah, me. Yeah, tell me about that. Um, yeah, I just want, like, I don't know. I always had this idea in my head that by the time I was 30, and I'm 28, mm-hmm. um, and I bought one when I was 27, hey. I just had this idea of being, like, super self-sufficient. I totally, like, did in a different way, obviously. Uh-huh. Um, but I think my mom owning two businesses, and she's, like, the most frugal woman <laughs> ever. Like, she never took a vacation for, like, 15 years. Um, and she has some money. I won't put her on blast, but she mm-hmm. has... She's she doing good. good. She good. She's doing good. And I think I just had that work ethic in me. And Absolutely. I have uh, the tendency to get super obsessive about things. Mm-hmm. And I remember feeling like this weird, like I all of a sudden feel old. And where, what were my goals by the time I was 30 kind of yeah. thing? And I was like, oh, a house. I could do that. I could totally do that. Yeah. Um, so I moved. I was living in... Denny Triangle okay. on a, in a low, un- link, low income housing. And then I just decided that I wanted to move back. And I l- 
used all my rent mm-hmm. that I used that I was paying and already putting that aside. Yeah. And that's how I managed to save. And then I just pared down and like really budgeted of like what's important to me and Absolutely. like what can I live without. And I realized I was spending a reckless amount of money on <laughs> stupid stuff yeah. that I just decided to do that. So I was able to save a lot of money, yeah. a lot, of, a lot of money. Oh, yeah. um, and then working at this job and having like consistent people come to me and have a boss and a staff and clients that like actual actually value me in my work. And like uh, one thing I always had a hard time with was raising my prices. Mm-hmm. Cause I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I was like, "How am I? How am I to tell clients that? Yeah. You know, just like being younger, also kind of weirdly being a person of color, telling this like white woman, like, oh, 'I'm sorry, I'm charging more mm-hmm. now.' Mm-hmm. So then I ended up having more money too that I was nice. making, and then just saving that I was able to." Fortunately, buy a house, yeah, yeah or a condo, yeah. That's super dope. Yeah, so planning and saving, budgeting. Yeah, budgeting is everything. Okay. And what I did do too was, I paid off all my credit card bills before I actually started saving. Them ratios. Yeah, I was like, I need a need to have a good credit score, so Absolutely. let me pay off all my credit card bills yeah. before I even start saving. So I was like paying hundreds of dollars towards credit yeah. card bills because i was living at home yeah. and i was already used to not having like however much paying in rent so i was just using that and like splitting and paying it off and then i just literally froze my credit cards in the in like a ice box and okay. i just never took them out yeah. yeah and then that's when i started saving absolutely yeah all right and that's i mean that's it that's yeah. all i got yeah, yeah that was it <laughs> there you go okay. If you liked what you heard, be sure to donate so we can keep going. We are on SoundCloud, iTunes, and YouTube, so be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment. You have no idea how much it helps. We also want to know what you think. You can hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and you can even use the hashtag NoBlueprint. And if you're really down with the movement, you can join our Patreon account and become a patron, where you'll get exclusive content and limited edition merchandise. No Blueprint is powered by Ambassador Stories. We share stories of the people, places, and spaces that bring soul to our communities. No Blueprint is recorded at Ambassador Stories Studios and co-produced with me, Mayawa Aina. Hear more episodes of No Blueprint and get official No Blueprint merchandise at noblueprintpodcast.com.